Hey everyone, and welcome to another edition of Memo by Guy Illegal. My name is Jackie, and today is Wednesday, June 28th, 10.56 a.m. Eastern Standard Time is when I am recording this. Um, so you are getting me on <laughs> the day I post. And I, you know, when I began this podcast, initially I was going to batch record. I think even like one or two weeks I did record everything at the beginning, beginning of the week and then spoke it. But I don't know. I feel like doing one every day, not only like it helps me keep my own pace because after recording one, I'm kind of like done for the day. Um, so recording one every day helps me keep pace. Plus also, I just feel like I'm in a different mood zone state every single day. And while I generally have kind of an outline of what I want to cover, um, I think like the mood, the tone of the day colors like what actually I say on the podcast. So after two long episodes on Monday, Tuesday, kind of introing education uh, today, Wednesday, June 28th, this episode, I my goal is to do it under 10 minutes, if not under 20 minutes uh, about homeschooling. So pros, cons, um, things to consider, the legal kind of landscape. And then I'll just end with kind of, you know, I don't want to say what my recommendations are. I want to end this episode with where I've seen homeschooling work and give you, I guess, case studies of what I'm trying to go to. Um, case studies. So like where I've seen homeschooling work um, in my experience and the description of people where they would were benefited greatly by a homeschool environment and they would not have achieved what they did or become the person they were created to become without homeschool. So that's one. And then um, case studies where uh, maybe we should have considered to put these kids in the public school or at least a private school uh, situation. So that will be the end of this episode. Uh, just to review Monday, I kind of just, well, education started last Friday with me putting out my law review comment out there was the legal landscape of education. There are claims in very egregious situations, but in conclusions up to the politics and societal influences to um, shape what's going on in our classrooms. There are many Supreme Court precedents where education does lie. You know, the parents have the right to decide where um, the children, how they're raised, how they're schooled. There's Amish, um, there's a case in the Supreme Court, Wisconsin versus Yoder, which is about the Amish um, and their right to raise their child in their in the way they see fit. However, um, you'll see today in today's episode, there is pushback from people, especially after COVID recognizing kind of the pitfalls of homeschooling, especially on a larger scale. So there's pushback, um, and I will show you that from the Harvard Law School professor who teaches family law. And I'll also share kind of experiences from teaching in a very homeschool-friendly state of Texas um, and living in a not-so-friendly homeschool state of Pennsylvania, even though the Amish are here. Outside of the Amish, there's actually a lot of requirements in Pennsylvania compared to other states. Um, to homeschool, but I'll go over kind of like in the case studies, you know, what actually happens in a state like Texas where there's very loose on homeschooling. Um, they, and it's both sides, like there are very egregious things that happen. I'll give you examples, but then there are also very positive things that happen. And I'll give you examples. Uh, so then on Monday, uh, I kind of just like laid out the vision of like where I feel like education um, and just like the values, different practices that are both applicable, not to just teachers, but then also parents. And then kind of just pushing back on this idea that's like generally out there for teachers, like no standardized testing and da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Um, 
yeah, I mean, I think teachers are undervalued in our society. You know, if I put the conclusion first, I believe that teachers are undervalued. Um, their pay, mm, it depends on the school district. Teachers do get a lot of time off. Yeah, summers, you're like, oh, I'm taking professional development, but, you know, could that be done during the school year in a different time? So you can actually have three months off. Um, teachers have a really great schedule that's consistent. They get out early. You can, if you do it right, you can do seven to three. And then if you negotiate right, those after school activities, I do think teachers could um, get paid more for those activities. But anyway, I'm not going into that. Just what is the vision for education was on Monday. And then two, uh, I had to take a break yesterday because today the, um, the Pregnant Workers Fairness Act came into effect. So if you are an employee of an employer with 15 or more employees uh, and you would like some accommodations due to your pregnancy or postpartum related conditions, you can make those requests and those should be honored. Um, and that's kind of the long and the short, the short of that act. And I'm not an expert in that area, but I just wanted to like offer that there. So um, there is one lady on Instagram that really, I do think that she, let me just look up her name so that it's here. Um, let's see, it's like mama legal something. Yeah, there, there's a woman, I sorry, I don't have her name right now, but on Instagram, there's this, like, she's like, has a pretty big account, but all she does is like pregnancy law and for work at working women it's like the legal mama or mama legal or something something like that i'm sure if you go in your search engine you'll find it i'm so sorry that i don't have it right now i just see her come up from time to time but she's like an expert in this area and i would refer you to her or someone like her someone who practices in employment law okay so that's all the intro for today 11.01 a.m i have an appointment i believe at 11.30, so this is gonna keep this short Homeschooling in the United States, background, pros, cons, case studies. Here we go. So let me, I'm recording on Zoom today so I could share my screen. It just makes it easier. And then I upload uh, to the podcast. So homeschooling in the United States, you know, Wikipedia teachers say things about Wikipedia, but I like Wikipedia because a lot of people can contribute here. And, you know, the accuracy sometimes is not 100%, but for generally accepted things like it's a great resource because you get a lot of different perspectives in one place and this is a good place to start I always start at Wikipedia for anything I learn new just to kind of get the lay of the land and then you can research more in depth certain things so homeschooling in the United States originally homeschooling in the United States was practiced mainly underground or in rural areas um, so you have to think about like the history of immigration to the United States. You had all these people coming up from England. They all different perspectives. You had the Puritans who are more like state sponsored education. Um, they wanted, I mean, these are the people who ran the Salem witch trials. They wanted a lot of uniformity in their, in their community. And so the education was the same. However, when you get to the middle colonies and the Southern colonies, it was more, um, student focus, um, parent in, in, um, Parents were able to have more diverse ideas about the raising of their children. And a lot of it was starting at homeschool because when they came over from, from England, there was no, no homeschooling. Um, and there was no public school. There's no, no organized schooling here. And so as people began to homeschool their children in communities, they were like, okay, we need to delegate this to other people because, you know, we actually are more skilled in this area. So let us, you know, be the merchants 
and let us train the younger women who are still maybe they, you know, at that time they could not be a lawyer. Um, let's train up the younger woman to change to an older woman to teach the children. And that's kind of how like public schools um, came about eventually. And that's why a lot of public school teachers, it's a very feminine field because the history of education was that the women were the ones teaching the children. And then as society expanded, women were able to do different things. Um, nursing, now you can be a doctor, a lawyer, you can be whatever you want to be um, for the most part. Obviously, caveats to that, I'm sure. But generally speaking, like you can choose what you want to do in society as a female. So that's kind of how it evolved. And that's always kind of like one of my pushbacks to homeschooling is that homeschooling was the response to our public school was the response to the problems in homeschool. So now that we have public school and homeschooling is a response to the problems in public school, not that, you know, there's pros and cons to everything, but we have to be careful that we don't let our emotions overcorrect us into something and, and pull us into an area that's very emotionally driven and not emotional plus the mind in agreement because a lot especially after covid and there's a lot of trauma and all these things going with covid like it can be very emotional 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 and we forget to check in with the ancestors forget to check in with our mind and sometimes we just didn't come back and make sure that we are actually making the decision that we want to make, not just driven by fear. Because sometimes I think a lot of the homeschool conversation, it's driven by fear when you get down to it. So I am all about homeschool when it's the, I might say right decision, like it's a decision that's in agreement with all parts of yourself. Um, it's made in peace, love, um, honoring the child and their abilities and just saying like, Hey, like my child has this and these school systems just cannot meet these needs for this, that, and the third reason that are very like, not just emotional because you care about the child, but very like research and study and like logical as well. That's all I'm saying. And that's kind of where I'm um, going over uh, my perspective on homeschooling. And I'm like very strong on this because I did grow up in Pennsylvania. I grew up among the Amish and the Mennonites and a lot of people in our church um, had like the seven kid families and had the homeschooling. And there was like two families in particular I grew up with that were like that. And then other people's like had lots of kids. Like I was one of four children and just people just had a lot of kids. And I think that experience um, really, really made me consider the age and made it really important for me to wait to have children. Like I was very intent on observing kind of like what was going on in my community. And I'm like, oh, you know, I saw that the, the people who developed themselves as individuals first, who waited first, who had kids older, not only were they more um, financially material sta materially stable, um, but their kids didn't carry all the traumas that some, you know, other kids carried that other people have to work through. So I, you know, my first child was, was not a planned baby. And I always say that, you know, I had to give it up to the universe. God to just tell me when I, when I was ready to have a child, because if it was up to me, I would have been like, I'm not right. I'm not right. I'm not ready. Um, and that's kind of how it happened. So homeschooling um, in the United States, a lot of homeschooling in the United States is religiously Centered. I thought this was interesting here. Motivations for homeschooling 
a concern about the school environment, the public school environment. And then I would add to that, not knowing the mechanisms by which to shift the public school environment, feeling like they're hopeless, feeling like there's no way. So it's easier to homeschool. And that's kind of a sad testament to the school and the leadership and even the political leadership. Because if we don't understand the citizens, um, how to negotiate in our public school systems, um, I understand why people in that situation go to homeschool because they just don't know um, or they don't see the way or they see politics and people and all these things as huge barriers. And when homeschooling is easier, excuse me, um, and homeschooling is a very difficult thing to do, that 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 shows us things about our systems. Um, desire to provide religious instruction, moral instruction, dissatisfaction with academic instruction in other schools, non-traditional approach, child has special needs, physical and mental health problem, other reasons. So yeah, um, when I think about my case studies, they probably fall into one of those buckets. Um, the Supreme Court. So the courses are here. These are these are well-settled cases. Look, you have a right to raise your kids in the way that you wanted to, as long as it doesn't go over into child abuse. And that's going to be over the cons of homeschooling because there are certain situations that really lie in the gray. And people have, especially after COVID, questioned like what is best, not just for the individual, but society and how to preserve options for students who just or children who just so happen to be brought up in homeschool families and then in today's society, like are at a significant disadvantage, significant disadvantage if they continue um, that method of education. And then in, in the United States of America, um, homeschooling is a state issue. So every state has different laws on homeschooling. Some states are more strict than others. And I'm not gonna go through every state. I'll show you resources where you can find the specific resources for your state. Like for example, in Pennsylvania, um, you know, there's a lot more requirements, a lot more submissions. Um, in some states, you have to make sure that the kids are demonstrating satisfactory performance on the state standardized tests. Okay, those are some requirements. In other states, Texas, um, it's a lot more, a lot more loose. So, like here, um, you know, right? Doesn't uh, it requires a school? They have to teach this, but they do not specify any minimum number of days. They do not require standardized testing other than for public students. So it depends on your state. Texas is very homeschool friendly. Tennessee is very homeschool friendly. Generally speaking, conservative states are very homeschool friendly. That is why charter schools. Um, I I chose to teach in Houston because I was like, oh, it's like the Silicon Valley of education because there are all these charter schools in which I. I worked in a charter school, which is a public charter school. You can develop your own curriculum, but it is also you get some funding from the state. So there are certain things you have to comply with. But um, yeah, there's great laboratories of innovation because homeschooling allows you to experiment in a way that may not be available in the public school because there's a lot of people in politics. But then there are also limits that need to be held there. So Tennessee, I know, is also very homeschool. From the state, I have friends, again, um, they have four kids move from Pennsylvania to Tennessee because the homeschool laws are more favorable. And then it's like, they'll be part of my case study too. So I want to get to the case study and it is 11 to 10 a.m. And I don't want to turn this into another one hour episode. So I'm just giving a highlight so I can get to case studies and then um, keep it digestible for today. So the homeschool legal defense, uh, where are we? Right here hslda.org. So this is, and I'll go right to their website. This is a Christian organization. Over the years, I've watched their website evolved. Um, 
where HSLDA, even just a couple of years ago, when you go on their website, it was like clearly a Christian organization. Now, when you go on their website, it is very neutral. Like I had to go to the about page and like, I was like, are these people still Christian? That's literally when I went on these websites, I was like, are these people still Christian? No, the most, this is a Christian homeschool organization um, and their beliefs. So that is a consideration. However, with that said, you know, a lot of times conservatives, when you think about the Federalist Society and all these things, um, they like, yeah, I hate to go into the sociology of this, but conservative people generally are, are seek more control. They might be a little bit more fearful about their environment. A lot of conservative people grow up in rural areas where there's not a lot of predictability, right? I think about myself in Pennsylvania. There's not a lot of predictability. Um, we grew up in the nature. We grew up in the country. We're always like scanning the environment for different things. So when it comes to the politics, you need more conservative politics because it helps kind of balance out the nervous system um, because you feel safe in a predictable social environment. And because of that, conservatives generally speaking, because they are not as fluid and like experimental and in the gray and like interpretive with the law, um, they can actually be very good. I don't want to say actually like they, they can't be good. I think that's Jackie, that's not something to say, but it's like um, conservatives, they can like be very masterful at the law and be very detailed and meticulous about the law, which is great. And I think, you know, for to have someone represent me, in a legal, you know, whatever, might, you know, prefer a conservative individual in certain situations. That's why the law, legal field in general is more conservative. Um, and, you know, I think of myself as a more probably like liberal, open-minded person in many regards. Some regards I'm very conservative. And um, yeah, that's why I work in like commercial transactions because it's a very progressive field versus something like First Amendment constitutional law, those sorts of things. So there's a lot of great resource here, especially for like legal. So the thing I want to sh uh, share is uh, state homeschool laws, you know, find your state. So like here, uh, this is a great chart. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> I used to live in Texas and teach in Texas and I'm in Pennsylvania. So it's no notice, low regulation, all the way to high regulation and people choose where they want to live based on this. And these are going to be where my case studies are coming from. So you have the right to raise your kids. You have the right to homeschool your kids if you if you want to. However, the other side of this, Harvard Law School, this came out in 2020 when I was actually writing my education law practice paper. So um, law school professor says there's little legal oversight of educational standards or safeguards against abuse. So yes, when you get too loose on homeschooling and you don't have um, advocacy for the child, there are abusive situations that occur. And I've seen this firsthand in my personal experience. And that's why I, sometimes I can be very against homeschooling uh, because number one, I believe in the strength of our public school system and that we just need to kind of like, you know, learn how to better navigate that system and clean up some areas here and there. But um, yeah, there are, there are huge dangers to homeschooling. So here, how did homeschooling in the U.S. develop into such a fast-growing phenomenon? So yeah, homeschooling conservative evangelicals. There are secular homeschoolers, but it's a small percentage. And there are like documentaries on Netflix, for example, where you have like the unschooling movement or the de-schooling movement, where you have people in California. I've seen these documentaries. People in California, they're like, okay, like 
my kid, instead of going to school, they want to like play with the whales at like SeaWorld or whatever and, and do that, which is great. But my pushback was always like, well, you can go to school and still do that on the side. Um, you don't have to do that full time. So it's just, but then people have the right to choose like whatever pace of life that they're going to live. But I guess the thing to say is like with every choice comes a consequence. And we have to think about the consequences flowing from the choices we're making, especially for children in their prime developmental years. Because sometimes for some children, not some children, all children, there are certain windows of opportunity to learn certain things. So for example, for a younger child, K through five, there's a window of opportunity for development of the musical mind. Once that door, door closes, it's closed for good. There's no going back. Is no, oh my God, like maybe when I'm an adult, like I'll be fixes. No, if you don't develop certain aspects of the mind at that age, it is done. And if you do it later on, it can be very, very, very difficult to do, which is also an experience of in, in and of itself. And you can choose that experience too. But I think a lot of people would rather just go with the flow of kind of like, what am I being provided with and, and work with the body instead of against the body? Um, yeah, so, you know, here it says, your article says that homeschooling in its current unregulated form represents a danger to both children and society. What evidence do you have to support that? One is the danger of child maltreatment. And we have evidence that there's a strong connection between homeschooling and maltreatment. And I agree. I've seen this in Texas, which I described in my article. Other dangers are that children are simply not learning basic academic skills, true, or learning about the most basic democratic values of our society. And people could debate on that. Um, and uh, yeah, we can we could have a debate on that. But I'm here looking at the skills because I have seen them firsthand. Um, we're getting the kind of exposure to alternative views, correct, that enables them to exercise meaningful choice about their future lives. Because sometimes homeschooling can very be very insular um, and protective because they're scared they want control. Many homeschooling parents are extreme ideologues committed to raising their children within their belief system, isolated from any societal influence, which is their choice, right? Like that has that is a valid choice too. But again, it's like choices and consequences and thinking about the reality of the situation. And um, when we think about the children, there's also like groups of children who are homeschooling and they come back in their 20s and they're like, oh my God, like, I can't believe my parents did this. Like that is also another thing. So it's like, how can we honor the child, honor the child's desires and their, their souls too, because they are, they are just as valid as any adult. Sometimes adults like think they know better, but it's like children come into this world, like with souls that are fully formed souls. And yes, we're here to guide them and mentor them to like, while their bodies are catching up. But um, we have to think about, you know, what's best for them too, not just like what I as a parent want for me or my child. Okay. So I'm just saying, seeing it from the child's perspective. So for example, some people believe that black people are inferior to white people and the others believe that women should be subject to men and not educated for their careers. So this is like very, you know, I think it's probably more of a minority of people, but she's trying to make a point, but instead raise to serve their fathers first, then their husbands. The danger is both to these children and to society the children may not have a chance to choose for themselves. And I, this is where I agree. Children may not have a chance to choose for themselves whether to exit these ideological communities. Society may not have the chance to teach them views important to the larger community. Yes, because homeschooling is a very Aries. It's very individualistic. Very, I'm going to just focus on myself and my community and to the expense of everybody else. Versus when you enter the public school system, 
you know, you're thinking about the people in which you live, the larger community, and the tolerance of other people's views and values, especially in the public school system, you meet all types. You have to learn how to navigate a diverse society, which is sometimes not easy and sometimes comes with trauma um, and sometimes comes with scars. But it's just, again, in life, there are choices and consequences. So that's that. Now I am going to stop sharing. In the last five minutes, I just want to run through some case studies from my own personal experience. I'm just speaking from my experience of families that I've known and that's it. And this is, is what I've seen. So let me start with the, I've done a lot of, you can stop, because it's just like, oh, I, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania. So it's like homeschooling is the, a lot of times default, right? You see the Amish people. And sometimes it's like people in Pennsylvania that complain about all these things. Why are we behind all these things? It's just like, if you all just got with the public school system a little bit better, we could be in a better place. And that's just me. So that's why that's where I'm coming from. Um, but let's say in Texas, I saw some great things with homeschooling. And I think the common denominator with all of these children or now likely adults is that they knew from a very young age or a certain age that um, they knew their focus. And it was usually outside of academia. So two people I knew became gymnasts, Olympians. Um, I don't know, in Houston, there's, there's, I mean, Simone Biles is from Houston. I guess there's a lot of like gymnastics people there, but two people, they, they became, they went to the Olympics for gymnastics. One, um, she was in private school, but then eventually was homeschooled in high school. She ended up being, being like a Kim Kardashian. She's an Instagram influencer now, millions of followers. Um, she's dating a very, very, very notable professional athlete. Um, and that's her life. And that's the life she wants to live in. Great for her. She's a gorgeous person. And I'm so happy for you that <laughs> she's also a Capricorn. So I'm like, um, yeah. That's the life she wants to live. And that's great. I'm happy for her. She seems happy. And that's it. She didn't need that. Uh, another person, uh, vocals. I remember when I heard her sing, she was in like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, something like that. We were at an event and I just heard her like warming up. And usually, you know, I, I'm a musician. I, I can't sing like that, but I can appreciate a, a, like a well-trained, like just like exceptional voice. And, you know, I hear people sing all the time, but when she started singing, just warming up, I had to do, I had to turn. I was like, who is that? And this was her in like sixth and eighth grade. Eventually she went on to win one of these shows and, um, from Hollywood. I mean, she's, her songs are in there. Uh, <laughs> very popular songs and she was homeschooled and, um, yeah. So I'm trying to think of other people. No, I think like that's all the cases where I saw very, oh, so like exceptional, um, like scientific ability from a young age, they knew that science in the, in the public school, even private school is just not challenging enough because they're so laser focused on this one thing. So I think like the common denominator there is homeschooling is great for those individuals because they, the, the, the private school and the public school just cannot meet their either focus needs or exceptional needs or desires, right? And they need an individualized one-on-one -on -one education. And a lot of these people would just do like the thing online and then they would focus all their time on like singing, dance, gymnastics, whatever. There's this other girl, she was in pageants. 
she was homeschooled, but she actually did the Stanford public, the Stanford University Online High School. She was 14 years old. I remember interviewing her in a pageant at 14 years old. And I was like, this girl presents like she's 35. Like just the maturity and just like the groundedness and the centeredness and like just everything was there at the age of 14. And she was, she seemed happy enough um, and like joyful enough. And um, she was homeschooled. And I think her family had a business. So her family had a business and that was it. And so I think about people like, you know, say what you will, but like Grant Cardone, I know he homeschools his two kids. The girls are in pageants as well, but they have a business and the girls seem like they want to work in the business and they do their education that way. Um, so the, oh, there's one more family, uh, chiropractic. They have four kids and they have homeschool, but the kids come to the business with them. So they learn the business aspect. And then they have a tutor there with the four kids who it seemed like they're kind of like chaotic. But from what I was hearing when I'm there, like generally speaking, it sounds like it's school. Um, uh, I think the tutor is like well qualified to do that. And they have four kids. There's another one who's also a similar positive homeschool story. Um, but again, a lawyer with a business, four kids. Um, the wife stays at home. They actually turn their homeschool into a private school, a Christian private school. And now they serve as families because, again, like the organized school is the, is the answer to the problems in the homeschool because sometimes there's efficiency issues, right? When you get family, like you get four or five family together and you're like realizing like, oh, I need a break today. All the moms and they're like, OK, like, why don't you teach math? Because, you know, math better. Why don't you teach science? Because, you know, science better. I'll teach English. I'll teach languages. So you just basically recreated the school system of your own accord. Um, and now there's a private Christian classical school and they have the curriculum and all those things. Um, and the issue there when you get to that sort of situation is, which I'll cover in the next video, I guess I'll cover their story more in the next video, is that the historical knowledge is lacking and the teacher training and just like now thinking of school as like a business operation, that knowledge is not there when you have a startup, right? And that impacts student learning as well. So those are the positive homeschool stories. The uh, sad, the questionable, the, the ones that I, you know, things to consider, our law school, things to consider, in Texas, a lot of times where we had special needs students in the public school system or students that had, you know, some sort of behavioral issues, some things going at home that were not being serviced in the school, they probably need to see some sort of psychologist, spiritual guide, whatever. Um, those kids, the parents didn't know what to do because the parents themselves were not fully healed, fully, you know, did not have a job, whatever. For whatever reason, they would just pull the kid out of school and say, hey, I'm going to put them on the, the computer for to get their high school diploma, which computer programs. They, it's click, 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 click. You don't actually have to learn anything. You just click through the program. You can get literally get your high school diploma that way. I've seen it happen. They used to do that in, in like the Title I schools because there's graduation rates that they need to keep up. So we would have these like classrooms just with computers to get kids instead of putting them on the school to prison pipeline. Let's try to, I hate to use the word save, but yeah, let's try to save them here and just like motivate them and say like, hey, you'll get your high school diploma just to give them some hope. Get them the piece of paper, even though the knowledge of that high, that is required for the high school diploma is not necessarily there. They don't have the same skills as someone in like 
high performing suburban school district, but at least we give them something, a high school diploma where they can go show that to someone and um, and get some sort of work instead of being in prison. Um, but the other, the other kids, a lot of them homeschooled and intermittent back and forth in school because the parents, they take them to homeschool. I can't deal with this. I'd rather have the public school babysit them. They end up in the resource classrooms. They end up at the alternative school. They end up in the school to prison pipeline. And that was a lot of homeschooling students because um, the regulation of homeschool is just too loose. So it's like great for, I'm going to call it out, it's great for the Christian conservatives, okay? But what about the kids in the inner cities that the families, you know, they do it because it's easy, right? We have to think about those people too. Um, and that's that. And I think is what Harvard Law School is addressing. And that happens in the rural communities too. But I just, most of my experience was in the inner city. Um, so that's, that's an issue. Uh, another homeschool, so this is rural Pennsylvania. These are examples. People I grew up going to church with, seven kids. Uh, There's two families like that. One, they were not Amish, but they had their own farm. They like baked their own bread. Seven kids. They all wore dresses all the time. I think they did wear hairnets as well. And um, yeah, those kids, I don't know. They just weren't, it was like robots. It was like sitting at the, at the table with robots. Like, I wonder what ever happened to that family. Um, some of them probably just stand in the farm. I mean, it was basically like having, they were Amish, they were not Amish, but close enough. And I don't know what happened with them. I should probably look them up, but it just, it's a very unhappy, judgmental situation. So like these people would judge, like if you came in with a dress and you had like, um, like here, if it was like a like the scene, like you were like somehow a sinner. Um, and then I was perpetuated among all the girls. So that's that situation. Um, another situation, this is more, they were Christian, but like a liberal Christian. So I would compare them more to like the California examples of the unschooling, de-schooling people. Uh, also, I think they had seven, eight, nine kids. Um, and the father was very educated. Um, like, very open-minded, very educated. He was one of those like polymaths. He could do everything. Like he knew how to cook. He knew how to, um, he knew how to kind of like, I don't know, put together like businesses. He was a car salesman, but then also he just, I don't know, he, he could do a lot of things. Musician, just a lot. And um, those kids, he taught them Greek. He, I, the kids were very, very smart, like for that age. Like they must have been in elementary school, middle school when I knew them. They like knew Greek. They knew cool things like that I didn't know. So on Wednesday Bible study, Wednesday evening Bible study, where like the parents would be upstairs, he would come downstairs with us and like teach us Greek. So like I knew the Greek alphabet and I benefited from that in third grade because he would teach us these things. And he would, he would just teach us things that were like, he knew all these like learning devices so like how to memorize the books of the Bible and like how to memorize all these things. He taught like learning um, skills that, you know, once again, I learned in like college and beyond of how to like memorize, like having like memory palaces and, and different things. He taught us all of this. So that is a huge benefit. Right. But this is on Wednesday evenings. And I'm sure he did the same with the kids. And now um, his kids. So they're like, if you're to meet them, it's not about socialization. They, you would meet them on the street. You would think them. They're absolutely like you talk to them just like you talk to me. 
Um, and they, you wouldn't be able to tell they were homeschooled. So it's not about socialization really, but for them, it's more about options because of all the gaps that they had. Like they were really strong in certain areas, but not strong in other areas. And because of those gaps, they were not able to necessarily get into college at all. If, you know, and if they did, it was like a very, like a community college. And it's just the gaps are so much. And then you get into those situations where you don't realize how it's demoralizing because you don't realize how many gaps you have until you're in college. And then it's it's just too much for the brain and the body to handle like socially because you just enter a different world. Like it's just like if you've been training with Olympic athletes, you're used to that pace. Um, but if you haven't, if you're just training with amateurs and all of a sudden you work out with Olympic athletes, you're like, oh, my God, um, I'm not trying to make that a direct analogy, but just trying, trying to show that when there's like a big gap in from where you were to like now you're in this new arena, it can be very demoralizing. You can give up very easily. And so that's um, what happened with them. And the last time I looked them up. They all kind of like worked in the family business, like selling things on Etsy, um, which, you know, you can make, you can make a great living doing that, but it's just, I think they make like children, like Montessori toys now, like, and the kids work together. Um, so I think like they're kind of a neutral story because it depends on your values, right? If that's, if that's how you want to live your life and that's, you, it's kind of like the other kids, like they know what they want. Um, great. But I guess I sometimes wonder for those kids, like if you were in the public school, would your life have been different? Would you have you chosen different? Are you choosing to sell toys on Etsy and create toys on Etsy because like those are all the options you have or, um, or the only option you have? Or would you have chosen to be, let's just say a lawyer, right? Something different. So that's, and I think that those kids, it's not necessarily child abuse. I, I wouldn't classify that as child abuse because I think the parents did what they did because they love, both love their children and they want, you know, that's how they chose to raise their children. And it could be part of their karma, like the children as they get to become adults, like reflecting on how the schooling that I had and maybe I need to go to school and like <laughs> college as a 35 year adult. Um, which could be like, we don't know, but I think like for our own children and our own societies, we have to like stop and consider what are the motivators? Like, what are we trying um, not even accomplish? Like what type of environment, what type of soil are we trying to provide our children in terms of their nurturing their minds and the education system? And are we being number one intentional about that? which I think even that like last example, they were being intentional. But number two, are we checking our own excesses? And that includes me too, because you know, I'm like pro public school education here. Are we checking our own excesses? That's why for me during these, I'm trying to give equal treatment all three days, pros and cons, um, considerations, legal considerations, and then case studies. And I'm trying to present and I'm trying to disclose my biases up front so you know kind of like where I need to be checked. Um, on these case studies, but you know, I'll give case studies tomorrow for private school and public school because they all have sad stories. It's not just homeschooling and I'm checking my biases, right? It's not just homeschooling. Um, they all have sad stories or like what ifs. And 
That's it. So that is all I have for today's episode on homeschooling. And then tomorrow we'll visit private school and then Friday, public school. Thank you all for tuning in. Talk to you again later. Bye.